Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I'm Ken. Good evening, Ken. Bonjour, Le Paul. You're in the hot seat this week, Ken. What have we, uh, what have we got to discuss? Fake outrage. <laughs> in the past week or so, there's been all this uh, in the media about the party at 10 Downing Street and, oh, they, they met up and there's an email come out. I don't know whether you've seen the email. Mm, yes. It's very tame. <laughs> it's not very laudable. Yes, they should all hang their heads. The problem that I've got with it is the moral outrage that uh, all the, particularly the opposite, and I'm, I'm Labour, I'm looking at you for this. You know, Angela Rayner has been on basic, I'm going, if I caught them, I'd nut them all, and you know, for what they've done is disgusting, and they should resign. No, it's not disgusting. Uh, when somebody traipses dog shit all over the carpet, that is disgusting. <laughs> uh, what you mean is you're deeply annoyed about this, and it's uh, a good bit of political capital. It's, no, it's certainly not just confined to politics, um, but it's the, the fact that when somebody does something, it's ramped up into a, a lot of the time, not all of the time, sometimes it's, it's justifiable, <laughs> but when somebody does something, it's ramped up into far more than it actually is. So it actually lessens the argument against it. If, if somebody goes so overboard in their reaction with their moral outrage... It actually it lessens it when something really bad actually does happen because they've got to they've got to up the ante in how outraged and disgusted they are. What I'm sure that there's been plenty of examples in the gay world where somebody's expressed faux outrage at something, and you think, okay, mate, just power it down a little bit there. <laughs> You're not helping the cause. Yeah, you do. Um, it, it's something that you do see a lot in all different kinds of things, and it's it can be. As you say, it sort of it does it dampens things because it's like where, where do you go? <laughs> like, so you know, one of the examples that I see um, all the time, which which isn't it, not really outrage, but it's kind of an example of where the news media and I use I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> bunny ears, yes, there yeah. they are. Um, for, but one thing that I see, or I saw today on um, BuzzFeed. Oh, yes. Now, yeah. obviously, that's not, it's not usually a very serious news, mm. a news site. Deadly. But, um, I can't remember who it was. Some some actress stuns fans with dramatic hair transformation. And she, she'd, she'd been to the hairdresser and her hair was tied back. <laughs> she hadn't had it cut. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a different colour. But stuns fans with dramatic hair transformation. And you think, well... What language are you going to use when, you know, I don't know, when she dies <laughs> you know, or something, you know? Earth cracks open in, yeah. in despair at death of former EastEnders actress. And it was somebody who was an extra in 1984. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like when you get um, the, the BBC breaking news <sighs> through on your app. and We, we always do it. You get it. Who's died? It, it's who's died. And nine times out of ten, it's, it's something stupid. I, uh, um, I, I got one in December to say who'd won Strictly Come Dancing. BBC Breaking News. No, first of all, it annoyed me because I was out and I was recording Strictly Come Dancing and I didn't want to know who'd won. But secondly, that is not breaking news. And yeah, but this this whole thing about the, the parties, I mean, I 
it is it's an example of them breaking the rules. And there's been a lot of people, you know, coming out. And the news tonight was full of stories of people. Or you know, I, I on that day when that email was sent, I was watching my grandma die through on the window. Zoom. Yeah. yeah, and 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 yeah, it is it is very bad because. At the time, we were, we were all up. Most of us were following the rules and doing everything that we could to to not get in trouble, mm. but also to keep people safe. And someone did send an email around saying, "Look, you've all been working hard. Let's get together and have a, a bit of a thing." Socially, Socially distanced drinks <laughs> in the garden. Yeah, but we weren't allowed to do that. I can't, I've not correlated the dates. I can't remember when that was, when, because there was a period last year where we were allowed outside. This this was May 2020, so right at the very start in the first lockdown where you weren't allowed to... The only mix you, households. You, yeah, you weren't allowed to mix houses. You weren't allowed to go out of the house except to go to work if it was essential mm. and to do exercise for an hour. Or, you know... It, it, it was something like, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Um, yeah. And yes, what, what they have argued is yeah well it was in the garden of downing street you still we still we weren't allowed to mix mm. but i do agree that this sort of everybody coming out of the woodwork and using the term you know this is disgusting this is outrageous resign yeah. resign <laughs> this will be the end of the government the downfall <laughs> of the government as we know it I, I was having a conversation with someone i worked with not long back and it was uh, there was uh, something all over the radio about it was some party, or it might even have been this. I think it was. I think it was the same party, right? Um, but I said to her, "Look, whichever way you voted at the last general election, it's not very good. What's gone on? You know, nobody's turned around and applauding them for it. <laughs> but it's just not that serious to make people change their minds. If you are not going to vote conservative, you're not going to vote conservative. But I don't think there's many out there." Generally speaking, the, the split of voters is sort of 45-45 and there's 10 waiver uh, and they, they might, 10% waiver. So it's not serious enough to put people off voting from the, and it's too far in the past. It's not like he's come out yesterday and said, you know, we should all go out and kick a puppy and get down the surplus population. It, it's nothing serious enough to break the government. In, I don't think so anyway. But the problem is we have... The more hysterical a reaction to something from someone, generally speaking, the less of an argument or the less robust their side of a coin is. So with, uh, and I, I stress boys and girls, I have no political leanings one way or another at the moment, <laughs> uh, but Labour are so ineffective as an opposition that all they're doing is picking holes in what people are doing in their private lives and what people have said in their private lives, in private conversations that they found out. So, you know, look at this private text message that's come out. It's nothing to do with, listen, uh, right, right, everyone, we think the Tories are doing a terrible job. These are our policies. We, this is what we would, uh, we would have handled things differently. This is what we would have done in this situation. This is, these are alternatives that we would offer you for running the country. You're not there to be Hello Magazine or, you know, The Sun. We've got The Sun if we want tittle-tattle. We, we need politicians to run the country. And in this particular case, like I say, not uh you know, condoning it, but it's just not that serious in the grand scheme of things. We don't know at uh, at the time of publication. We don't know what the the full story is in Downing Street. But all these people work together anyway. It's not like they were they were all within the same work environment all the time. Again, I'm not excusing mm. it. 
But there are two sides to a coin. Just because somebody's seen an email or a photograph, it's the equivalent of seeing a snapshot on Facebook of somebody's perfect life. It's not the full picture. Um, but the, the faux outrage really gets me on, on, on things like this because it's not true. It's just tabloid spin of a very boring event. <laughs> Yeah, and the the big oh this this has to be the thing that brings the government down kind of attitude. I mean, how many well, times have we heard that? Yeah, now? but what we should what you know if if the if you're serious about bringing the government down, then list all of the things. I mean, there's there's something every day, <laughs> so list all the things and then just put it together. An email about a party which somebody sent. And there isn't any evidence to say that anybody responded to that and said, oh, yeah, let's do it. Yes, somebody invited 100 people to a party. Did anyone go to the party? We don't know. We, you know, we, we don't know. There, there, I mean, there are pictures of other parties that have gone on. And there's been a, there, there's been a thing in the news today. They had one of the uh, sort of PR people had a, a backup plan ready which was along the lines of well yes you, we weren't allowed to have parties at that time but we we were essential workers had to go into the office and mm. work together and that the garden at downing street is where a lot of the work goes on particularly because we were in a heat wave and you know and they, it was loads of stuff you know the air conditioning number 10 wasn't working properly so that's why people have to work outside and they have a list of excuses of why this wasn't breaking the rules if this party went ahead mm. here's all, all things yes we often sit in the garden uh, having work meetings because it's cooler there in the evenings and yes sometimes we do have a, a glass of wine but there's no law that says you can't have a glass of wine while you work you know all these different kinds of things they're going to get out of it even if everyone in the country turns around and says no this is just not good enough which they're not going to. They're not going to. It's just not <laughs> no, serious they, enough. It's, it's still not enough because they will get away with it. There's been, before Christmas, there were other parties that were mentioned. There were pictures of parties and, you know, all things like that. And people are outraged. Oh, this is, this is absolutely the end of it. And then the next day they find something else to be outraged about. And it it's, just gets a bit tiresome. Well, it's tiresome because it's just not that important. It's just, it's... It's just not. It, uh, like I say, I am not excusing or defending it, kids, but uh, there are just bigger things to fry when you're talking about running the country. <laughs> it's like the, and politics is my little hobby horse, but it's like the sturgeon creature. Mm. Every single thing that happens in the entire world is a clear mandate for Scottish independence. <laughs> you know, the, uh, it doesn't matter where it is in Great Britain. The fact that Boris Johnson has gone on holiday to Greece to a holiday home and is painting while he's on holiday. The callous disregard for a prime minister to go on holiday. <laughs> when is he supposed to go on holiday? When is there not a crisis? He's got to have a holiday at some point. <laughs> and he was, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was stood at somebody else's villa that he'd, he'd borrowed painting. And somebody had snapped it in. Like, you know, this is callous disregard for the people of Scotland and a clear mandate that Scotland should be independent. The fuck are you talking about, Nicola? You can't spin everything to be Scotland should be independent. I mean, all you're doing is, is forcing the argument that England should have a referendum on Scottish independence <laughs> and boot you out. Because uh, frankly, I, I think, I suspect that about 95% of people in England would happily see you go. And considering most of Scotland now live in England, they'd probably see you go as well. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's this outrage all the time that everything is on the ceiling and 
uh, it's a major disaster and spells doom and should resign and f- clearly not fit for purpose. And the thing that gets me most is that some of the loudest voices are the ones that you haven't been following the rules either, mate. So you know, your, your moral high ground is somewhat shaky. Yes. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, particularly in regard to the, the lockdown rules, uh, it's really funny how the amount of people who are now all over social media saying, well, I... I stuck to the rules rigidly and why why shouldn't the government have done that when they were telling me? And you think, well, actually, around about the time that this was going on, the social media was full of people saying, well, oh, I had a, you know, sneaky, you sneaked out to, you know, and and, and th- there were loads of stories going around about people breaking rules. And yeah, fair enough, it was, they weren't the prime minister. But then to suddenly be on a, a high horse about, the prime minister going for a drink after work in his own back garden when you met your mates down in the beer garden of the pub which was shut <laughs> but you just climbed over the fence and did it when you were told you couldn't do that it's like yes they are supposed to lead by example yes they are supposed to do it but you know it's it's strange how the moral high horse is a movable feast yeah <laughs> depending on who's commenting it's just the, it's the falseness of it and that uh, that everything is like you say there's nowhere else to go when something really bad happens it's yeah we, we've heard that labor are outraged and appalled and disgusting by this terrorist attack but you were outraged and appalled and disgusting that the prime minister was seen on holiday or that there was a a fire that killed 700 people in a tower block you were outraged and disgusted you're always outraged and disgusted for everything mm. and uh, it's difficult to take that seriously because there's nowhere else. <laughs> Unless Keir Starmer's on telly frothing at the mouth, uh, <laughs> ripping his shirt off and screaming into the camera, there's there's not really anywhere else for him to go now. So, yeah, uh, that's only one example. Like I say, I'm sure there are plenty of examples away from politics, um, but it, it I find it wearing that yeah. people are on the ceiling about absolutely everything. It just numbs it. Definitely. And you, we, we've touched on things before of when something comes out about anything, mm. everyone will jump on the bandwagon and be absolutely, they'll be outraged about it. And then when it actually turns out to be, oh, actually, that wasn't true. <laughs> just <a> re- <laughs> then nobody, nobody comes out and says, oh, do you know what? I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said what I said. They just go quiet and wait for the next outrage outrage. <laughs> outrage to come to come out cliff richard you know when when they had that thing where you know the police were investigating him for historic mm-hmm. child abuse and they had the helicopters you know over his house while the police were searching it social media was full of nonce yeah well we yeah, always we knew always knew it i i knew someone who he and then when it turned out to not be true and you know at this at this point I don't believe there's any... No evidence evidence of any kind, no. He's been completely acquitted. Um, No one came out, apart from the BBC, which was forced to apologise. And pay a lot of money, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. None of those keyboard warriors... So, you know, came out and said, oh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that about Sir Cliff. It turned out to be a lie. I just... You know, I just read a Daily Mail headline and went crazy. And and that's one of the dangers is, you know, these people are outraged so much all the time. And when they're proved wrong, they just move their outrage to another subject. And it's just 
Ah, <laughs> I mean, it must be tiring. It's tiresome for us to read it and listen <laughs> to it, but it must be tiring for them being at that level of outrage all the time. They must be like the, the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on, I'm going to tenuously take us into Screening Queens. This is not a film or a television programme this week, but I think it falls under the banner of entertainment and it's on the theme. Okay. It's angry people in local newspapers. <laughs> now, for those of you who are not familiar, it's on the Book of Face and it is a news page or a, uh, a sharing site and it shares ridiculous stories from local newspapers <laughs> from around the country that are so overblown over nothing that it's just hilarious. One of the earliest ones I remember reading was a, an old man who was absolutely incensed because they'd run out of sardines at <laughs> There was a guy on there today. He bought um, a coat, a North Face jacket. <laughs> from, uh, for, I think it was £350 he paid for this jacket, but it was blue and grey. And then he wore it in Primark. And because that's the colours of the Primark uniform, someone came up to him and thought, and she thought that he worked there. I saw that a little bit. And I thought, I don't know exactly how this North Face jacket makes you look anything like a Primark employee. I mean, it says more about the the, the customer in Primark rather than him. But yeah, but the, the headline was... Uh, Teenager forced to return three hundred and fifty pound jacket, and you just think, but it, it, it's such a good sight because they always have the pictures of the you know the compo face and the po- pointing at <laughs> potholes and things like that. It's it's just great parental status and you know key worker status and yeah. For those of you that want a good laugh, because um, there are no punches pulled on that page. Uh, I, I don't. I think I might have seen one news story in all the time I've been reading it where Facebook has side when I thought, yeah, actually, they've got a fair point there. But 99 times out of 100, uh, these people who've gone to the newspapers are pulled to pieces for being either attention seekers or just thick. Yeah. My final piece to camera this week is going to be Twitter Twitter. That's my opinion! <laughs> Out comes the iPad. Oh. This is going to be good. This is going back about a month now, but um, the actress Betty White died recently. Uh, Yes, she was one of the Golden Girls, a long-running comedy series from America, and she was 99. She was only, I think, weeks off her 100th birthday, to the point where they'd already planned, and she was openly planning her 100th birthday (laughs) and who was going to be invited. It was was so sad that it... it, um, we all thought at first it was a hoax hmm. uh, because it had been so recent. And I think there was something about, uh, not Ryan Reynolds, uh, one of them had, had uh, joked about having a crush on her <laughs> and they'd been rebuffed. But there was a correspondent for Vogue magazine hmm. called Nyla Burton who tweeted, Betty White is dead. Why couldn't it have been Queen Elizabeth? And then back this up with... Why not, Queen Elizabeth? The universe took the wrong old white lady. And, I mean, she was piled on. She did not get away with this. Good. She set her Twitter account to private and then uh, took it down. But it is now back up. And this is, on many levels, has... I'm not outraged, but I am (laughs) fairly annoyed that if that had been the other way around, uh, if, say, oh, I don't know... 
uh, Michelle Obama had died. You know, somebody said they took the wrong black lady there. It should have been Oprah Winfrey. I think they would have been machine pistols at dawn. Mm. Um, the fact that it's targeted, I mean, it, it's the fucking queen. She is the longest reigning living monarch on the planet. She's only, within a couple of years, she's going to be the longest lived monarch who's ever lived. Yeah. I don't think there's any danger of her missing the targets. I mean, she's she's virtually immortal now. <laughs> but whatever your stance on the monarchy, she's been doing that job a bloody long time and deserves a touch of respect. And in what other scenario would you attack a 95-year-old woman like that? Why, why would you... I mean, yeah, as you say, why, why are you even comparing the two people, apart from the fact that they're both 90-odd-year-old white women? I mean, Betty White was not English. No, she was American. She was American. Yeah, but, but very well respected. Yes, you know? yeah. yeah. But it's like saying, just like you said, just picking two random people. Why, why not just say Betty White is dead, rest in peace, a great loss? You don't, you, that, it's not the way that death works. It's not like, the, you know, whatever powers that be, we're like, oh, I'm going to have to choose one of these two people to die. Uh, random factor <laughs> like attractive. <Yeah. laughs> It's just such a really stupid thing to say. That she clearly did that just to get attention. And what didn't she? And well, she's uh, she's one of these moral compasses for black people, oh. and uh, writes a lot about it. And she's Team Megan and all this, and everything that's ever uttered by anyone is systematic that the royal family are racists, and why wouldn't black people like the royal family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's all to do with being black, and it's this this attack on basically the royal family for being white. If it was the other way around, if it were people attacking when they were in power and the Obamas and some correspondents that just kept going on at them for being black. Yeah, every time a black person died, well, it should have been Barack Obama. <laughs> a, that would be an equally dreadful thing to say. Mm. Uh, Barack Obama's just... Uh, the, this ridiculous rule that America's got, you can only have two terms as president. He should have been president eternal. Uh, <laughs> the best one that they've ever had. But racism only swings in one direction on on that score. That is my little bit of, I won't say outrage, but <laughs> it, it does, it needles me somewhat that she's still on Twitter. If it had been the other way around, they would have been banned outright for violating Twitter's rules. Oh, clearly, yeah. But because it's against somebody white, it's sort of fine. But it's the Queen. I mean, how who do you have to attack to get banned on Twitter if it's Katie, not the Katie Queen? Hopkins. I was banned from Twitter for saying uh, I wished Katie Hopkins was dead. Oh, yes. Yes, oh, you did. And, and permanently banned as well. <laughs> you know, not just... Uh, and that's Katie Hopkins. I mean, literally, <laughs> even her family wished that she was dead. So I, I wasn't saying... Boiling cauldron of hate. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, it, it, it's just a really, really stupid thing to say. And as you say, it, if it was the other way around or in any other context... They would have been cancelled. Yeah. Um, but it's, she's, she's got the, the ultimate, as it stands, get out of jail free card at the moment. But the, the dual standards in that case piss me off mm-hmm. as much as the attack on Q because. Yes, which is unforgivable. Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to hear a word against the woman. She's done more for the country and indeed around the world than uh, most people are ever likely to do. So, yes. Again, off the high horse. <laughs> And we'll be uh, we'll be celebrating Q's platinum jubilee later this year. It is on the sixth of February. She'll have been at it seventy five years, and then her coronation uh, later in 
I think it hurt. I, th- I think it's sort of June time. June's the birthday, isn't it? Yes, I think that's when it's all going to be, when it's nice and sunny and bright. So, so yes, that's that's my Twitter Twitter. A slightly lengthy, ranty one, but... Uh, she deserves She deserves it. it. Nyla Burton, wherever you are, I do hope that nothing horrible befalls you. Well, no, because you can't say the opposite in case you that, get Obviously banned. not. It's, it's ever so windy over there at the moment. I hope you don't get crushed by a high-sided vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> on that positive note we will draw the episode to an end but thanks thanks very much Ken always an interesting conversation with you and we will try not to be outraged by any uh, any headlines in the next week until we meet again Fumming. <laughs> see you next week bye Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.